Hallelujah, hallelujah. I appreciate God's presence here today. And, and we already know that we have so many out today sick. We already know that. We have a lot out on vacation today. Do you know what? I woke up and I didn't feel good today. I'm feeling better and better. I'm feeling better and better. Getting in God's spirit, I'm feeling better and better. I can feel him, Brother Mike. He's moving in me. I can feel him. I thank God that we, we, we serve a risen Savior. Last week was awesome. We serve a risen Savior. He's still alive today. I put that sign out there on the board. And I was like, he's still alive. He's still alive. It's not one time out of the year he's alive. He's still alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. You're alive and you're doing miracles in us today. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. How many had a struggle to get here today? You can feel it. You can feel it. It's a struggle sometimes. That's what Satan wants to do to us. He wants to put a struggle on us. I want to announce right now that the children, they can go to Children's Church. Sister Desiree is there to corral them, minister to them. I didn't see any whips or belts or anything, so I think they're safe. So they're good to go today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Like I said, there's a lot that's out on vacation today. A lot of, a lot of people out going there calling me, Pastor Drew, we're doing this, this, this. And I'm like, right got to get them in there we got to get some family time and vacation time but then i know there's a lot that's sick today and uh i know the lord is gonna move and heal them right where they're at but uh today i want to minister just just a short time on the subject of judgment without mercy judgment without mercy I don't want to, yeah, it does sound rough. I don't, I don't want to have judgment without mercy. Sister Connie, it is good to see you here today. Praise the Lord for healing in this lady's body. We've been praying for you every day, and I was just proud when I seen you walked in. I was like, yes, Jesus, you're doing it again. You're doing it again. Good to see you here today. But judgment without mercy. I don't want judgment without mercy. These boys of mine... They love it, love it, love it when their dad cooks for them. I can make incredible burnt pancakes like you've never tasted before. But they give me mercy and they still love me. They still love me. Matter of fact, occasionally they even ask, well, the boys, the older ones, they've learned to cook, so they don't ask them. The card has, Dad, would you cook me something? I said, seriously? <laughs> I can try. I said, you bet. You know, who knew that you had to crack an egg to get a scrambled egg? I mean, you, you just don't know these things. And so we all need some mercy if you'd stand for the reading of the word, we're going to go to James chapter 2 and verse 13. We're not going to read a lot right, right now. We're going to read some more here in a little bit. But James chapter 2 and verse 13. 
was praying this week about uh, what God wanted me to speak about today, and he kept leading me to this scripture over and over and over. And I want to read it for you here today. James 2, verse 13. For he should have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Now I'll say it in, my, in just my plain language. No mercy will be shown to those who show no mercy. No mercy will be shown to those who show no mercy to others. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. God, I thank you you give us the written word. Father, you want to speak to our hearts today through this written word. I ask you, Lord, today to hide me behind the cross, Father. I ask you to anoint me with the power of the Holy Ghost to speak your word, Lord, that is relevant to this congregation today. Lord, not a, not a word just, just to be preaching a word, Father, but a word that's going to speak right to the man's heart today, that's in this congregation. You knew who was coming, Jesus. I ask you, Lord, for us to be fertile ground today. Let us receive the seed of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. No mercy will be shown to those who show no mercy to others. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Do you know what? God would much rather give us mercy than judgment. He would much rather give us mercy than judgment. Sometimes people think, well, in the Old Testament, God's just killing everybody right and left. And, and you get to reading it that way, and you think, well, he's a different God in the New Testament. No. He's the same God. He's the same God. If we withhold mercy or whatever that is right, we'll face the same at the judgment seat of Christ. This scripture presents the fact that the one who shows mercy in this life will have nothing to fear at the judgment seat of Christ. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The dictionary says that mercy is the compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. I told this story not long ago about Taylor driving down the road on the bus. I could see him up there whispering to his mother. Something was going on. I was driving. Next thing I know, he comes and sits down by me. He says, Dad, I tore your gym bag. I was like, why did you tear my gym bag? He said, well, my toys are in it. It was in the couch. I pulled it, and the screw was there, and it grabbed hold of that canvas, whatever it was, and just ripped a big old hole in it. And I said, well, son, I said, next time you get caught on something, uh, let's find out what it is. Don't, don't just rip it out. And he sat there for a little bit, and he said, Dad, I told the truth, and the truth set me free. <laughs> he had mercy that day. Some of you are looking over there thinking, was that recently? No, he was little. He was four or five years ago. <laughs> no, he was four or five years old. I'm sorry. That's right. Years ago, we were in Illinois for a revival during the winter, and uh, we were had our bus parked, and there was something wrong with it. I don't remember if it was a starter or alternator. I don't know what it was, but it was just ice cold outside. And uh, me and my brother's underneath the bus, and we're working, and, and we're just couldn't work very long. We'd work a little bit and just be freeze, and we'd run back in the house. We were at my aunt and uncle's church, and their house was right there. 
we'd run back in their house, get warm, and uh, run back out and do some more work, and then come back. Of course, you're all greasy and everything, so you're trying not to get dirty. That night in revival, a gentleman gets up, and he asked my, my uncle, which was the pastor, he said, can I give a testimony? He said, yeah, go ahead and give a testimony. He said, I want to thank God that I seen the foster boys out there working on the bus. I want to thank God that I had compassion on them. I was sitting there thinking to myself, what? Compassion? You just seen me freezing. You didn't do anything for me. No warm cocoa, no gloves, no just come out here and talk to me and give me your, your bad hot breath, you know, something to warm me up, nothing. He didn't have any mercy on me. He didn't even have compassion on me. I'm just like, man, I failed to see the glory to God in that testimony. I'm just saying. Compassion is great, but mercy shows itself in action. And it goes beyond the thought. We can be moved in our heart, but never take action. And that's where mercy comes in. I believe I told this story before. My nephew, we were out at the ballpark one day, and uh, he had to move my car. Or excuse me, move Granny's car, my mom. And uh, he's backing it up. And you know how kids do a lot of times. They're backing and they're looking in the mirrors and they're following the back end. They don't realize the front of the car is moving this way either, you know, or whichever way they're turning. And he takes the front of that van and just big old, big old dent into my car. And uh, he come to me and I was really busy. He said, Uncle Drew, I dented your car. I looked over him and I was like, what? I, was, I, was, I think I was umpiring a game or something. And uh, he told me all about it. And, and I said, well, did you do it on purpose? He said, no, it was an accident. I said, buddy, don't worry about it. I said, we'll, we'll get it fixed. And I know you're thinking, boy, Drew, that's so merciful. You're such a godly man. You're so good. No. Drew still wasn't happy, but I had mercy on him. I didn't get on to him. I didn't get, you know, have words with him. What's wrong with you? Why didn't you look both ways? Why, why was you watching out for my car, too, you know? I didn't say anything. But you know what? What I showed him is what had been shown to me. I was in Mississippi. It was about 6 o'clock in the morning. And we wasn't going very far that morning for service. And uh, I had to back the bus. We did this a lot. The bus, leave early Sunday morning, go into a church to sing and preach. And my grandpa had come in to visit us that night down in Tupelo. And he, he lived right up here at Guy. And he'd come in, and when he did, he, he parked right behind the bus, and he was towing a little truck. And uh, I backed out that morning, and I had to keep wiggling back and forth. I'd back up close to his truck, pull up, scoot over, back up close to his truck, pull up, scoot over, trying to wiggle that thing out of there. It's a 40-foot bus. It's kind of hard to wiggle out sometimes, but I was doing it just fine. I was going so careful, going real slow. I mean, I wasn't going fast enough. I went real slow, and I knew I was getting close to that truck. And then I, let, I pushed back in on the clutch on the bus. And when I did, the bus just so slightly moved forward. I was like, okay, that's strange. We're on flat ground. And I looked in my mirror, and that truck was going, had a little rock to it. I had backed into that truck and just pushed it. I mean, just so soft. I didn't even crack the paint on that little truck. Just pushed that little truck. Big old dent in that truck. Big old dent. My grandpa's in the motorhome asleep. I go up to him. He didn't even wake him up. I knock on the window, and I said, Paul, I said, are you in there? 
And he said, yeah, and he, he looks out the window. And you got to know my, my grandpa is so funny and, and was so funny. He's passed away now. was so funny and was always teasing and aggravating. I don't know where I got it. But uh, I beat on that door, and I said, Paul, I said, I hit your truck. And first thing he said, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> I said, yes, I did. I, I hit your truck. He goes, no, you didn't. He just thought I was pulling his leg. I said, no, Paul. I said, I really did. I said, I hit your hit your truck. He said some words to me that I'll never forget. When he realized that's serious, he said this right here. Son, you can't tear something up that I can't fix. I was like, six o'clock in the morning, still wiping sleepies out of my eyes. I'm hungry. I don't want to be up, but I'm going, getting ready to go. And after he got over me not teasing him, he said, son, you can't do anything I can't fix. You can't tear anything up I can't fix. That is mercy. I know it's just a car. I know it's just a little situation, but he was showing God's love. Again, a little incident like that shouldn't be a life lesson. It was a life lesson to me. No matter how bad I tear it up, God can still fix it. Mercy. My grandpa had mercy. I said, wow. Then I said it backwards. Wow. Then I said it upside down. Mom. My grandpa loved me so much that he would fix whatever I tore up. He didn't care how much time he was going to have to take. He was a body offender, man. I will, will tell you that. He didn't care. He's like, I can fix that. I've seen him cut cars in half and weld them back together. So I knew it wasn't that big a deal for him, but, you know, I figured, well, I'm going to have to pay some money to him. I'm going to have to go to his shop and sit and work with him. You can't tear it up so bad I can't fix it. He didn't care how much time he was going to take spend fixing that truck. He loved me more than the things I could tear up. What a great example of our Heavenly Father that says, come back to me. I'll show you mercy. I don't care how far you've gone, how long you've been gone. Come running back to me. He's telling us he doesn't care how broke we are. He says, I'll fix it. I don't care how bad you've been. I'll fix it. Come running to the mercy seat. God's saying, son, you can't tear it up break up or alter your life so bad that he can't fix it come running back to me my mercy as long as we're breathing God's air he can fix it brother Drew I did too many drugs I'm damaged goods he can fix it brother Drew I'm always getting drunk and it's a way of life we're a dysfunctional family he can fix it. I've slept around too much. I've gave myself away to too many things. I'm not desirable anymore to God. He can fix it. 
We can't outrun God's mercies. I said it before and I'll say it again. We can run, but we can't hide. God's love is chasing us down. God's mercy is chasing us down. Why do you think every time the preacher preaches, it's right at you? You ever had that? Through some of the toughest times of my life, when I didn't think anyone cared, nobody knew what was going on with Drew, someone would speak to me. Every service I walk in, I think, somebody told the preacher something, because here he is talking to me again. Anybody else been there? You know, we're just not very smart human beings, are we? We can't just realize God is talking to us through people and helping us out. We're not smart. We're just thinking, oh, that's somebody else had to tell them that. I've got news for you. God knows just exactly what you're thinking. Right now, he knows exactly what's going on in your life. The things that you're, you think are a secret, he already knows. The doors of our heart that we don't even want to go in ourselves, he already knows. The scars of life where we've been done wrong, God cares and wants to heal us. God already knows and he still loves us. That's why God is speaking through us through the songs being sung, through the preaching that we hear. I can flick on the TV and it doesn't matter if there's a gospel song or preaching or whatever. It's just like they're preaching right at me again. I'm just like, God, I'm not even doing anything wrong right now. Why am I here? He's still talking to me. He's still speaking to me, whether it's through song, whether it's through the word. It's not a coincidence we keep having encounters with Christians that seem to say something to speak into our lives that speaks right to our hearts. You're set up. God's setting you up. He set me up. It's the Holy Spirit chasing you down. It's God's way of showing you that no matter where you go, he's already there. He's already set up divine appointments for you to encounter Jesus through other things, through other people. How many ever walked outside and looked up in the sky and just thought, man, this is an awesome, awesome sky. I used to keep Kleenexes up here. You'll have to excuse me. I walk outside and I see the blue skies and I just think, God, you're an awesome God. You created these skies. Sometimes I even look at my grass and think, wow, that grass looks good. Most of the time I'm like, wow, look at all them weeds. But God's an awesome God. He does things and creates but he speaks through us, through his creation, through other Christians. He'll speak to us. I was talking to one of my friends in um, Farmington, Missouri, several years ago. And uh, we were just shooting the breeze, playing basketball. And uh, years later, he called me on the phone. And he said, Drew, do you remember that conversation we had? And I was like, yeah, kind of. I, I remember playing basketball. He said, no, the words you were saying to him, you said this, this, this. No, I don't remember that. And he yeah, you did. You said this. Is, I don't remember. Well, you did. You said this. Is, okay, I said it. Okay. I don't remember it. He said, God was using you to speak to me. I was like, I believe that too, but I don't remember it. But that happens to us. God sets us up. He has people speaking into our lives. Why? Because he cares for us. He wants to fix things for us. He wants to show his mercy to us. We don't deserve mercy, and he shows us mercy. Matthew 6, 15. But if you forgive not men of their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. 
A merciful man rejoices in opportunities of showing mercy rather than acting according to the strict justice. That was from the Clark commentary. That's good stuff right there. Oh, wait, there's more. The original word mercy, spoken by Jesus in Hebrew or Aramaic, means more than just forgiveness, pity, feeling, sorry, or compassion. It means the ability to get right inside of the other person's skin until we can see things with their eyes, think things with their minds, and feel things with their feelings. How do we look at people? This is confession day for me. I'm telling a bunch of stories. Now, I will say this. Isn't that what Jesus did coming to earth? He got right into human flesh, didn't he? Sure did. This kind of mercy requires more effort on our part. It's easier to pass quick judgment on someone else than it is to try to put yourself in the other person's place, walk in their shoes for a while, to see or to feel to think as they do. How many of us has played the role of judge and jury to another person based solely on their appearance or how the circumstances appeared? I was in Nashville, Tennessee, confession again, driving our bus, going to the National Quartet Convention, downtown Nashville. I see this man on the corner. He looks the part of everything you've seen on TV, of a a hobo, a drunk, whatever you want to say. His clothes, I mean, he looked like he reeked, you know. If it had been a cartoon, you'd seen smoke falling up behind him because he stunk so bad. I mean, that's just the way he looked. He was drunk as he could be. Couldn't even walk. Took a step off the curb and just fell. And when I first seen it, I died laughing. He got up, and he still couldn't walk. He kept just stumbling around. And, and just to look at it, it was funny. My cousin was with us on this trip, and she was sitting there in the suicide seat with me. And uh, she was looking at the same thing I was looking at. And I was laughing. I looked over at her. I said, did you see that? Tears are just pouring down her face. She's crying. She's a better Christian than I am. I'll just say it right there. I was in the flesh. What she was doing was funny. Or what, what, what this man was doing was funny. What my cousin seen was a lost soul. Mercy was in her heart. She realized that man needed God more than he needed anything else in the world. I was just watching his antics. He looked like a TV show just falling down over and over, and it was funny to me. I looked over her, and she was seeing what God was seeing. She was having mercy on him. An An unknown author wrote, the only exercise some people get is jumping to conclusions, running others down, sidestepping responsibility, and pushing their luck. That's exercise, but that's not the right exercise we need. There are many things that we live with in our own lives, but we can't seem to stand it in other people's lives. A bad temper, frivolous living, lifestyles, lack of commitment. My dad used to always tell me, he said, son, if you see something you don't like in someone else's life, make sure it's not in yours. That's a great thing to live by and fail at. Because I failed at it over and over and over. I'm like, man, I, I don't want to be like that person. I want to be like that person. Next thing I know, I'm just like that person. I'm laughing at a drunk stumbling down the street. 
we're often quick to forget how much mercy the Lord has displayed towards us. I want to read Matthew eighteen twenty three. It says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take an account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, the Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him of his debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what thou owest. Can you picture this? You were just forgiven, and you walk out, and you see somebody. Not only are you going to be mean to this guy, and you're going to pay me. He's got him down on the ground. He's got him by the throat. Well, maybe he doesn't have him on the ground, but I'm picturing him. He's down on his ground. That's him by the throat. No mercy. I don't know if you recognize the money in there, though. This, this guy is getting, is getting choked now. He didn't even owe nothing like what the other guy did. Verse 29 says, And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all of all of your debt, because thou desired me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on a fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due to him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one of his brothers their trespasses. And then Luke ten thirty seven. And he said, he that shows mercy on him, then said Jesus to him, go and do thou likewise. He that showed mercy on him, then said Jesus to him, go and do thou likewise. Mercy. We have to, we have to display mercy. Not just know about it, not know what it means, but we have to display mercy. The Lord wants his mercy shown to us. And be extended to those whom we interact with. We will personally reward. He will personally reward us. And we, and we will be shown mercy. Mercy applications begin with recognizing and receiving God's mercy. And then seeing others as God sees them. Try to get into the skin of another. Try to think what they're thinking. Try to, try to think about what they're going through. Look deeper than just the outside. Extend mercy and forgiveness to others. How many has ever been done wrong? Has anyone ever done you wrong? Was it hard to forgive them? Very hard to forgive. We need to give people a clean slate. You know, I forgive you, but, you know, I remember what you did. It's hard to erase that memory of what they did. We need to have mercy on them. 
forgive them. We can't keep pushing people down. People get cussed out and told they're not worth anything at all. They'll never, never accomplish anything or that they're too stupid, too ugly, too fat, not rich enough, not good enough. Don't they already get pushed down enough? When they see a Christian, they ought to be lifted up. They ought to be shown mercy, not be judged in that way. People are devaluing. One of my favorite things to say. God just keeps speaking it to my heart. People are devaluing God's creation. People have no right to label God's creation. He already labeled us. He already spoke over us. He knows what we are and who we are in him. We have no right to say they'll never make it. They'll always be a drug addict. They'll always be an alcoholic. They'll always be this. They'll always be that. We have no right as a church body to ever say them words. God help us that we're all checked by the Spirit when we want to spout off something about his creation. We have to hold people up in the love of God. Sometimes just loving somebody is a form of mercy. Nobody else is loving on them. You're showing them love. You're having mercy. They didn't deserve that love. Isn't that what mercy is? You have the power. You have the power to do something about it. You have the power to punish, and you have mercy. I remember one time, another Taylor story. He was bad to the bone that day, needed a spanking, and I just didn't want to give it to him. Did not want to spank him. I hate spankings. Hate them. Still had to give them out. Still spanked all three of my kids. I'm sure Carden's probably not finished yet. I know Peyton and Taylor's not, so I'm sure Carden's not. I bent Taylor, I believe it was Taylor, bent him over one day, took that belt, and I smacked my leg as hard as I could. Two or three times, I, I just kept hitting my leg. I told him, I said, I took that one for you. I took that spanking for you. Don't let it happen again. Jesus took our spanking for us. He took, a, he took his, went to a cross. He took a beating for us, Brother Mike. Took a beating for us, for our sins. He didn't have a reason to go to the cross except for us. For our sins. He had mercy on us. Mercy on us. I'm going to read just a couple of things. Shelly, if you'd come back. Matthew Henry commentary uh, commentary was saying this the doom which will be passed upon the unremorseful sinners at the last will be judgment without mercy there will be no mixtures or decrease in the cup of wrath and of trembling the remains of which they must drink such as show no mercy now shall find no mercy in the great day but we may note on the other hand that there will be such as shall become instance of the triumph of mercy, and whom mercy rejoices against judgment. All the children of men in the last day will either be vessels of wrath or vessels of mercy. It concerns all to consider among which they shall be found. And let us remember that blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy.
Would you stand with me? I know today was short. I'll be honest, I skipped through a lot of things I don't feel well today. But you know what? There was a message that God wanted to give us today. It was about mercy. I believe it's for everyone in this house. I don't believe it's just, well, it's just for one person. No. I believe everyone in this house needed to hear that. God wants us to show mercy. Got to show mercy. It's been shown to us. We got to show mercy. Father.